Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this mini-series, Blank Slate. Uh, thank you for push and play. Uh, Rich Camalucci here. Uh, along with, uh, on the line, uh, we're going to get to why we're here in a second. But uh, Osman Canizales, all the way in Charlotte, North Carolina, man. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. How about yourself? <sighs> could be better. Uh, could be better. Yeah. Uh, based off of what transpired last night. What we are here to do, I said this is a mini-series, and uh, similar to how Mullet and I covered the NFL season, um, very uh, from, from a very far-reaching perspective, uh, just really not wanting to do anything with the season at all, but we still did it. This is something that we're very passionate about, Ozzy and I, and uh, we are going to be talking about However long it may be, the playoff run of your 2017-2018 Miami Heat. The culture gods. The culture gods. <laughs> uh, please, let's, let's rock as many nicknames as possible. Like, admittedly, you are much more plugged in than I am. Uh, but this is a team that we have been back and forth all season with, just kind of with be a little memes or, you know, uh, certain performances and whatnot. And, you know, for the first time in a long time, you know, I venture to say since, uh, since all of our, all of our Titans left Mount heat, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, this team felt special during the regular season. I agree. feels a lot, a lot more, I don't want to say the word promising because I don't I don't think that's the right word choice, but it's definitely something something to be excited about. Something to something to definitely you know not to stray too far away from because you know something something's bound to happen for sure. And like last season was a nice little like surprise the way they ended the season and found their way into the playoffs. And I was like, oh, all right, no, they didn't, didn't they miss? The no, playoffs we didn't. We yeah, we yeah, literally just uh, we're banking we're banking on uh, the Pacers to not beat up that's on right. Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's benched all their starters, yeah. and yeah, and that was it. That was okay. history after that. Okay. <laughs> uh, and but so after that, like the season kind of was a little bit slow getting out of the gate, um, but eventually started to like find their stride, and uh, was never really talked about uh, on, on a national level. It seems, which is fine. I'd rather go under the radar than over. But uh, so yeah, so game one of round one of the NBA. Eastern Conference playoffs occurred last night, and um, well, dude, what happened? You want you want to give a not not like a oh boy, but like yeah. just a quick Took little a rundown. There. Just a quick little rundown. <laughs> what happened? All right, so I mean, pretty much, it felt off the gate. You know, out of the out of the gate, not off the gate. We I felt like we were playing pretty solid. I mean, the first quarter we went went up by six points. We were up thirty five twenty nine. Then, you know, coming into the second quarter, it was 25 to 27. Uh, so it's it was felt like, all right, you know, even though they don't have their best player, I think we had a, we had a good stretch. You know, I feel like we're, we're, we just need to tighten up a few little things and we should be able to close this game out in the second half. And by God, was I wrong because it just <laughs> turned into a massacre. <laughs> and we ended up losing by 27 points. That's the short end of it. <laughs> so... Um... I, I mentioned to Spencer 
because uh, Spencer, who has absolutely like no interest or vested like uh, fandom at all in sports, really, he uh, he came over You're to watch the guy. game with me uh, because I, I honestly believe that it is a uh, an interesting experience watching. Uh, either the Heat or the the Dolphins. Uh, watching me watch the Heat or the Dolphins lose. <laughs> it's a roller coaster, kids. Um, and I said at the end of the, the half to him, it doesn't feel like we're up. Like that was the hardest working sixty points to end a half that like I've I've seen in a long time, and it didn't yeah. feel like it like it didn't feel like we were winning. Uh, Every, I, I mentioned to you, like every basket we were making seemed like it was a grind and a slog. And every basket that they made, and it got more ridiculous as the game went on, seemed like it was just easy breezy, ocean sized basket. It was very frustrating to watch. It was very frustrating to watch. Pretty much, I was standing up on my feet the whole time and just hands it flailing in the air like how how in the hell is this happening like yeah. i just like you know uh, marco ugly belly you know throwing the ball on one foot just shooting three pointers not to mention that the entire sixers team including their bench were all in the positives in the plus or minus minus two players it's like what and on the heat side you know obviously everybody's yeah. in the minus by a lot you yeah. know what i mean and and to think that of all people <laughs> Uh, Kelly Olynyk was the leading guy in the game with 26 points, and you're just like, and he came off the bench. And, and I think that's your first red flag right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when Kelly Olynyk <laughs> is your leading scorer, even at the half, <laughs> like, not a good sign. That's like your canary in the coal mine for like, mm, maybe somebody else should be like really taking the charge right here. Uh, also, Spencer pointed out, I love watching with Spencer because he's like a very uninitiated fan. Uh, and I pointed out Kelly Olenek, and he's like, oh, you mean Baby Edge? Uh, Edge, the wrestler from WWE who is not retired, but man, I did a little side-by-side, <laughs> and the, the comparison is apt. I'll pro- that'll probably be the episode uh, image. Um, also, the, uh, the two players that weren't in the plus-minus for – or weren't in the plus for the Sixers, uh, I'm pretty sure, were – uh, let me see here. Joel Embiid and Allen Iverson. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it could be, even uh, though I'm I not going to lie to you. When Will I saw Allen Iverson Will on the bench, might not have been in the plus. Yeah. <laughs> what to see Allen Iverson on the bench with a complete dad bod with 16 platinum chains on was still amazing to me, though. I thought that was like the coolest part of the whole game. <laughs> I can dress how I want now. I'm retired. <laughs> Uh, I also <laughs> loved that moment. I think it was at the end of, or no, 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 no. It was for a jump ball. Uh, and there was like three seconds left on the shot clock. And Iverson was like standing up like he was a fucking coach, like holding up like three <laughs> for three seconds. Like, sit, eat some popcorn, man. You don't have to do this. Stop it. I, you know, I appreciate you. You're a great player to watch, but no, sit down. <laughs> uh, it's just so good. He hasn't changed one bit. Um, uh, on a, on a brighter note, I mean, just to, you know, moving forward, we found out today that Embiid is in fact not going to play in game two as well. Correct. Uh, so, so that's promising. One would hope, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, Riles and, and Spolstra sat down in that tape room and realized like what the hell they have to do 
to incorporate this team because it's it's just it's just tough to watch that they they seem so stagnant on offense that it was just like nobody nobody had any clue what to do with the ball or they're passing too much or they're just just dumb shots they were throwing up especially like Justice Winslow I was like what are you what are you what are you doing man? a lot of bad, I, I a lot of bad passing too like a lot of yeah. just intercepted passes and like tipped away and a lot turnovers I'm trying to say the word turnovers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We had as a team unit, we had 16 turnovers, uh, which I mean, it's not I, for NBA standards. I wouldn't see that as over the edge terrible, but it is pretty damn bad compared to Philly. who only had 10, yeah, which we could capitalize on. Though It's, it's the so. playoffs. We're supposed to be the discipline team. You know, we're supposed to be the. Exactly. Yeah, the, the team that, that doesn't do that. Uh, so, you know, there's there's not a lot of room for error, uh, especially with a I mean, the fact that they came in with a 16 game winning streak, now 17 extending into the playoffs is um, also something not to be overlooked. Also with Embiid, uh, he also, even though he hasn't been cleared to play for game two, he has passed concussion protocol. So it wouldn't be a shock to see him. Uh, and the phantom of the process in game three. <laughs> the phantom of the process, but yes. him not being in game two at least allows us, because the big thing you want to do is come out of out of, out of uh, those first two games on the road with one win. So Yeah, you have to steal that home home court for sure and, from these guys. And as far as like game plan goes, because you started to lean into that, this also ties into Embiid. The most frustrating thing about watching the game last night was basically watching uh, w- the coaching battle of of Brett Brown dictating the terms of the game, and and we catered to them and their lineups as opposed to making them play the style of ball that we wanted to play. Um, and and you even had the announcers talking about how how when Embiid does come back that we'll probably see a little bit more white side. Well, why aren't we seeing more white side now? Like he played 12 minutes last night and I know there's a lot of white side hate and be it, you know, uh, 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 veiled or not, it really showed its ugly side last night uh, on, on Twitter and, and everywhere else. Um, I don't quite get the, the white side hate. Cause again, I'm not as plugged in, but it was just very frustrating to like just go along with their small lineup and and get absolutely raked over the coals, like especially in the second half from start to finish. But again, it always seemed like an uphill battle. And you and we we touched on this yesterday, where you felt like this was like Danny Green all over again. And it's funny you say that because obviously Brett Brown, he comes from the Popovich yes, coaching tree, so yes. it's. It honestly felt just like that. It felt just like that uh, that Heat series where Pop was dictating the game and, and Spolster was like trying to catch up instead of being on the um, offensive side with it because it, it did honestly feel the fact that Whiteside. I mean, I don't blame Spo because Whiteside did have four possessions with the ball and half of them were turnovers. So it, it's it's becomes frustrating to see that and. And it's just, you. I mean, we had no answer for him, especially with the speed that they were playing at. You had JJ Redick literally running laps through the court, all court long, and everybody's just chasing him and them getting open looks. Ben Simmons just easy dimes, and it and it really pisses me off because I, I, ah, I, I don't think that it should have been that 
easy for a team, especially like ours, where we may not be the best offensive team, but we're damn sure going to show up on defense. And it, and it, and it didn't yeah. seem that way at all. I will, I will uh, start your counters now. I will. This is the first of many. <laughs> Hashtag unsustainable. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is unsustainable. They're four as, again, Spencer should just be on this fucking podcast. I, like, I'm going to try to get him for the next one because if he does yeah, watch okay. the next game with me. Uh, I actually might not be watching the next game because it's on Monday and I have to fucking watch Raw. So, um, either way, fuck Raw. <laughs> fuck the Superstar Shake Up. <laughs> uh, I'm torn. And I'm, <laughs> I'm complicated, Osmond. Uh, we got to yeah. get you one of those dual, like a dual, because uh, I think all this is going to be on ESPN. So yeah. uh, you might be able to just get your laptop going on ESPN and get your TV on Raw or something like that. And you should Basically be, Basically, you know. is what needs to happen. So if anybody wants to hook me up with their ESPN <laughs> Plus credentials, thank you very much. I got you. I got uh, you. I got thank, you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but as Spencer uh, referred to them, uh, we were getting beat by their four Bond villain lackeys. Uh, just oh shooting three, like every European looking motherfucker that Philly had, they threw at us. Uh, and again, we're just making circus dumbass shots. And I said it all throughout that Spurs series when they were reaching three point levels that are unattainable, that this is also unsustainable. And eventually they did fall back to earth. We won that series by the skin of our fucking teeth. Or yeah, mm-hmm. that was the one. Yeah. And, and this just gave me flashbacks to that. Like you can't replicate that shit unless you are fucking Steph Curry and Clay Thompson on a regular basis. Like it's just not doable. Not these jamokes. And the other thing with Ben Simmons, man, that's the thing about Ben Simmons. Even on a good defense, he makes that shit look easy. And it's one of those things where we got it. We got to beat him now. Cause at this rate, we're not going to beat him later. Yeah, because that, and that's the crazy part. Like, it, it, it totally masked the fact that Ben Simmons had a terrible shooting night. You know, we went five for 13. Uh, and, and Ersan Ilyasova has, is shooting three pointers all day long. He goes, he goes over 50% shooting, and Bellinelli obviously scores 25 damn points. These guys haven't been relevant in basketball for like the last like five years, yeah. maybe. And it's just, it's frustrating to see that you have all these lengthy players like Bam Adebayo, you have Josh Richardson. Um, Justice Winslow, these guys that are long and athletic and quick, and and we can't do shit. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, we I, can curse on here, right? <laughs> yes. Sorry, I just, <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> Getting in I'm, my feelings, man. <laughs> no, nah, dude, it's like this is this is raw. It's it's raw emotion. It's fine. I mean, sometimes <laughs> words get said. Um, the one piece of hope that I was clinging on to all last night was uh, for. Wayne Ellington to take a three point shot, which for Christ's sake, let me look at how many he attempted. Like it doesn't feel maybe one. He only shot five. He only shot he five. Only shot threes. five. He went I, two for five. Yeah. I felt like I remember seeing one. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> and basically what that was, it wasn't so much me hoping for Ellington to come on as it was me not seeing where else we can get a heat check performance. I know it's talking about it, but like, you know, this is where it kind of sucks that Dion Waiters is hurt. Yeah. We needed a Dion Waiters to, to heat check performance to where he can just pop in the game and get you a quick eight points, stopping their run, like, right off the bat. And that's 
I don't know who else on on this team can do that aside from maybe like Wade showing flashes of Flash. Yeah, that's where that's where I found that uh, like when I when I finally came around because the beginning of the game, D Wade looked like you know he was in in a, in a pretty decent rhythm, but it just. You, you can't keep him in there for more than 20 minutes, man. He's, he's, I mean, I love to call him Father Prime, and he yeah. can do all these things, but it's his body just, he can't. <laughs> right. he, he can't. He can't do it. And and I thought it was an interesting starting lineup that, you know, he, that Spo set out because he put Tyler Johnson in the starting lineup, and I was just like, okay, that's different. Yeah. You know, I, I would assume they would go, they would take Tyler Johnson out and go a little longer and put in, like, you know, Bam and Whiteside would have been really fun to watch because Ben Simmons can get to the basket better than he can shoot. So you have these two big guys that can keep up with him and, you know, at least protect the rim. But it didn't even matter with the way these guys are shooting fucking lights out. And it, it just it just unraveled after that. I, I feel like Spo didn't have an answer. I thought, you know, Drogic was going to be... I mean, Drogic was a big impact. He paid over 30 minutes. So I feel like he played decent. But I just felt like he, he had something up set up in mind because the, the lineup he started with, they're not all great shooters. I mean, you have Tyler Johnson and Josh Richardson who don't really do much. James Johnson, he gets hot when he wants to get hot and, you know, and it's, it's a little tougher for him, but I, I don't know. It, it was just very strange how they said it, how they set this up. And then you ended up having Justice Winslow playing the majority of the game too. And, and he's not giving you really anything, you know, on offense. So it's kind of, it's kind of tough. Yeah. And, and you want to keep him out there for, for defensive reasons, but at a certain point, those two words just don't exist anymore. <laughs> Defensive and reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to say the least. Yeah. And so, again, that was just a, a moment of, of, you know, just kind of getting molded into what they wanted to do. Uh, and, and, yeah, like a lot of these guys just couldn't get into a rhythm. Like, give it up to, to, to Philly. Like, their defense played very well last night. Yeah, Covington, they really did, bro was like semi beastly down low like he was blocking a lot of stuff um like we couldn't get anything down low it was um it was you know good on them good on them so i wanted to ask you um what what positive things did you take from the heat in this game like what what did you feel is something that we can at least keep persistent for the next game. I know it's tough when you when you're losing by 27 points and you only score 18 in the third quarter, but I mean, um, look, the positive is they scored 130, we scored 103. If you were to jumble all of those digits up, like you know, we might have tied them <laughs> or something. Like it might change around. Uh, but seriously, hmm, boy, this is a very good. And very tough question. Um, I mean, the positives are probably having held uh, Simmons to the line that we held him at. It was still a, a, a decent line. I know he was on triple-double alert, which, like, you know, for whatever that means these days. He, he missed a rebound to get the triple-double. I mean, right. But also still, like, what's really a triple-double worth these days? Unless it's, like... And a super impressive one. But still, I felt like we held him down to earth, especially in the second half. He didn't seem as flashy as he did in the first half. So there's one thing. (laughs) (laughs) The Um, most eye-opening stat was the one I sent you this morning, that Ben Simmons and J.J. Redick outscored the entire Miami Heat starting five. That's 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 when I looked at it, and I was like, damn. 
who did we start again? And then I realized, I was like, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. I don't see these guys putting up that many points. I mean, Whiteside, yeah, but when well, you take them out after, te- after 12 minutes, it's going to yeah. be tough to, to be able to compete with that. And, uh, like, that's also super situational. Because, again, like you said, that, that starting lineup was different from what we normally throw out there. So, like... I think it was literally... I think that starting lineup was literally Spo's way of maybe making, like, a Ben Simmons, like, X-Factor lineup. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it's it's focused on quick, longer dudes that are going to be able to stop him from doing what he does best. Yeah, and it wasn't so much focused on, like, you know, point accumulation. And, and so the fact that they scored more than a starting five isn't exactly surprising because we didn't throw out there a starting five that wanted to do what we wanted to do, like you said, it was focused on this one player. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't know. Like, I, luckily we do have a, a top tier coach uh, that will hopefully be able to adjust uh, to what happened. Um, and Jesus Christ, they shot 64% from three. Unsustainable. <laughs> <laughs> we were at one point shooting like 50% from the line. <laughs> that is also unsustainable from another per- point of view. So, and, and another thing that kind of, that I, that I, that I noticed that Haslam didn't play yesterday, man, I feel like you got to put that guy on the court at least, you know, yes. at the end of that game to just you know, fuck somebody up. Not like, Hey, you got this one, around. but I'm going to, I'm going to get your ass next game. You know what I mean? Some shit like that. Dude, like, <laughs> Again, just not really playing the style that we play. I love one of the things, one of the staples that I love Miami Heat playoff basketball for is they will get rough and rowdy, man. Like we grew up watching those 90s Heat teams tussle with those 90s Knicks teams, literally. <laughs> literally. And, and like even going back to like the big three era, like fucking Wade threw some bows at, at fucking Rondo and like we were at, like for he Christ actually sake. broke broke Rondo's bow. <laughs> nah, you know like you know, we don't have to like revisit what happened but like allegedly and he also ain't the only guy that's done that on the team I mean Olympic <laughs> was garnering a little bit of a reputation for a time there yeah and meanwhile yeah. last night he straight up catching Markel Fultz and putting him down gently on the ground <laughs> that's another guy man i i'm glad this could have been a lot worse because if markel fultz if markel fultz could have been, Damn it, dude, that would have been, been one of my takes was like well it can't get much worse than this and you're over here yeah, it could have been yeah. a lot worse. Fuck. <laughs> we're a very fortunate bunch that markel fultz is the way he is just honestly like i'm, I'm watching this game yesterday and just seeing how so little confidence he has in his shooting form still yeah you're watching him shoot free throws and you're like what is he doing what is he looks like he's like popping locking a free throw shot i was like i don't understand what this guy what his deal is but i'm happy about it i was like good yeah i was trying to explain to spencer last night like the the saga that is markel fultz and like he just couldn't like follow <laughs> and it was hard for me to like really kind of Explain to him, like, yeah, he got hurt, but you didn't really know what exactly if his got hurt because no one could tell you a straight answer. <laughs> and then, like, 
no one knows what his shot looks like. And so people are trying to dissect like videos of him in the background shooting. And it's like, this is crazy. Shut up. <laughs> Dude, it's amazing to get, to be the number one pick in the draft, getting paid all this money and you still are just scared to shoot. And it doesn't make sense. Happens. I just don't know how that happens. How you like draft a player that doesn't know how they shoot yet. No, that was the the thing is that he he played what like eighteen years of his life one way got yeah. to be the number one pick in the draft within three months of being in Philly completely unravels and doesn't know how to shoot a basketball anymore. It's like, what did you guys do? What kind of witchcraft did you guys put on this boy that he just can't he can't figure it out? You guys have the worst training staff ever, clearly because Embiid has only played like thirty games in five years. But whatever, <laughs> <laughs> stay out of this stay out of this series, Embiid. That, that would be great. Uh, but honestly, though, like a lot of people, including myself, obviously want Embiid to be gone as far as possible because we feel, you know, as as their best player, it's a huge advantage to us in this scenario. Yeah. But honestly, having Embiid in turns Whiteside on like it, it makes Whiteside really get out there and be like, I'm going to be the best big man on the floor. And he's the only one that really gets in Embiid's head, too, because he gets yes. Embiid to foul him constantly. Yes. And he's always has Embiid yapping. And, you know, Embiid is a glorified flopper in the NBA. So it's just like. It, it, it honestly, I feel maybe having him in there would give that spark to this team to, you know, with Whiteside especially, to be more dominant. And that's uh, just something I, I think is something that we could look into. I mean, we're obviously not going to see him game two. And, you know, God willing, we snag this game two. If he does come back for game three, I don't think it should be. I mean, it's obviously an area of concern, but I don't feel it should be one that should be too drastic because, if anything, it, like you said earlier, pushes Spo to make the lineup bigger, which means Whiteside has more minutes and has more, you know, time to really shine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like playing Whiteside and Bam at the same time is a huge advantage for us, especially when Embiid is not on the floor. And, uh, like, how about this for a game plan? Get Whiteside out there. Get him going. Get him playing through whatever fucking issues he might have at first, like whatever yips he might have. And then let's give Embiid some fucking FOMO. Like, let I don't want to see Embiid, like, running up and down the bench and, like, slapping guys' hands and shit like that, having fun. I want to see Embiid, like, look like he wants to be out there because that means we will be in a competitive game at least, and, and I want Whiteside to, like, be featured prominently. And Whiteside to go say, all right, big man, come and get me, you know? Like, yeah. Hell like, yeah. Take them head on. Don't try to fucking finesse around them. So we've been talking about them a lot so far. And uh, we're probably going to be winding down soon. But I do just want to, uh, like, get a little bit of perspective on, on the Whiteside situation. Like, what is it that is garnering, like, so much acrimony from from heat fans in particular it's like weird well the thing is I, I was actually having this conversation with a friend yesterday um the big man in the nba is kind of becoming non-existent yeah like you you think you think of traditional centers in the nba you think hassan whiteside you think mark gasol you think andre drummond and well mate drummond is not even that traditional but I mean, most like most of his game is post game play. You know what I mean? Oh, he doesn't really. Sorry. He, yes, he is. I was thinking of someone else. Never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Um, and then because the 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 league is the league is drifting, man. You got guys like K- 
Kevin Durant is seven feet tall. Anthony Davis, seven feet tall, and the guy shooting threes. Carl Anthony Towns, like these are. This is the new era. Chris yep. Porzingis, like these guys are the ones that you know are the future of the NBA. They're just getting bigger and they're more agile. Yeah. So it's hard for I guess at me as a Heat fan to know that Whiteside's getting paid a max deal, and he has a max mouth to go with it. So it's frustrating for a Heat fan to like, you know, see him just be a little bitch about everything, for lack of better words. You know what I mean? Like he, he cries about minutes. He cries about plays, getting the ball. You would think with, you know, there's even been scenes of UD on the bench, like yelling in his face, like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, come on. And it's it's I feel like he's he doesn't have that that heat culture. A lot of people say that. I know people who are not Heat fans may not understand what that means, but it's just that that unselfishness, I guess, is the best word I can use. Like he just just to not be selfish and to worry about the squad, not about Whiteside. And then when you do, we expect you to go 20 and 20 or 20 and 12, 20 and 15, you know, realistic speaking. And the fact when you go one for four with six rebounds, it's like and two turnovers. We're like, dude, what the all this shit you're talking about, not getting the ball. And then look at you. You're just crying a spell on the bench and you're you're getting you're letting them get in your head and you're turning over the ball on dumb plays. It's like, what are you doing, bro? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel like that's 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 the kind of more so we're paying you a lot of money, bro. We're paying you top dollar and you're not even acting like you're really part of this team. You know what I mean? I guess mm-hmm. and that's from my heat fan and then friends around me as well. When we speak about him, it's like that's just kind of what we feel is the downside to Hassan Whiteside because the talent is clearly there. He can go off any night. He's got great footwork, you know, in the post. He can him and D Wade alley oops are amazing. You know, it's 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 he can do it all if you really wanted to. Step back, shoot, but it's just it's tough when you you see his head's not there. You still feel like we're dealing with a with a 22 year old NBA player when the guy's about to be 30 soon. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's 28 years old, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, any immaturity issues you you kind of can't use anymore. Uh, I did see recently, like, you know, he was complaining about minutes and he shortly afterwards came out and like, he apologized for that. So like, I liked to, well, he got fined first. Well, you know, Hey, like (laughs) a little motivation never hurt anybody. (laughs) Uh, That never, that never stopped some other, like, you know, people that are prone to pop off at the mouth from not apologizing after getting fined. So that, is you know nice i don't know man like at a certain point when you do get blown out like this like yeah like maybe sometimes you ain't wrong like yeah you have a point it's not even like always about you know the principle of the matter sometimes you're just right or wrong i don't know man like i bam coming along the way he has definitely has given us a little bit more flexibility going forward as far as roster moves and i think he also maybe feels a little bit threatened by that um as well as his style of play you know fast like a lot of it does like is not to get super psychological here not to like fucking (laughs) like armchair psychotherapist but like yeah that might just be a lot of like insecurity showing and and just being afraid for your job, which isn't a, a super unreasonable thing to be afraid of. It's just the way you're lashing out about it. It can be can be rough. But I don't know. Hopefully 
especially you know an organization you know where that, that tolerance is very low for that kind of behavior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's something that he's not exactly unfamiliar with. I mean, that's been the culture there for, for decades. But you know what uh, kind of cures everything? Winning. And yep. I'm sure if we start actually getting some wins under, under our belt, uh, you know, hey, it'll at least be smooth sailing as far as we can still be winning. So who knows? Um, what did you uh, what was your prediction going into this series? Because I made sure to post mine on Twitter just to kind of like give it a timestamp and let it be known. Ah, should have done the same thing had I known. Um, I honestly would have thought Heaton six was my my prediction for this series because I felt that this team was very young um, and knowing ahead of time that Embiid was going to probably miss one to three games this series. I felt like we could have really capitalized on that. We probably, I had a feeling that we were actually going to, you know, take game one, then probably take game two, us win both of our home games. Um, and then I think the playoff format is two, two, one, 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 and then us mm-hmm. stealing one in Philly and us closing it out here at home. Um, so I thought, I thought that would have been great. But, you know, obviously it's starting a little different. But I, I still feel I still feel we can take them in six. I don't yeah. think that's going to deter my decision or defer my decision in any way. I, I, I think I think we should we could still take them in six. No problem. It's possible. I don't think it's likely. Nah. I, I went uh, I went Sixers and six uh, just because they are. Very hot right now, even with one of their best players uh, on the roster not playing. They still kept up a winning streak at a point where they really didn't need to. They were kind of locked into where they were going to be. Um, and the C team, like, it does some weird, cool stuff to throw off a lot of more, like, currently traditional teams. But, like, there's just still a lot of holes. Uh, I, I do think that Heat and Six was a possibility. Slightly less now, maybe seven if we're lucky. Um, mm-hmm. But I also made a wager with uh, a. Uh, I, I said uh, uh, earlier on Twitter, a, pr- uh, a prominent Philly boy. I'm going to go ahead and change it to a preeminent Philly boy uh, at <laughs> underscore Crawdad Man on Twitter. Uh, I saw him popping off on um, on Instagram one night, like right before I was falling asleep. And so, like, in that dream state, I, like, shit-talked him on Instagram about the Heat winning in six. And he's like, sounds like a bet to be made. I'm like, okay. And so, uh, whoever's team wins, the winner, uh, gets to change the loser's Twitter avatar until the winning team is uh, out of the playoffs. So, feel free to shoot him uh, some suggestions i do believe it will be anything they want so feel free to shoot <laughs> us both suggestions he's at <laughs> underscore crawdad man on twitter i am average cami on twitter um you know whoever you think is most likely huh but yeah and also <laughs> the other thing is man i feel like I'm, i've been super down on this game like how many t- like game ones kind of don't mean shit yeah, like how many times have we seen people overreact so fucking hard to a game one that ultimately meant nothing. I agree. I agree. And we're lucky. This isn't, this isn't game three or four. Like you said, this is game one. 
it's still kind of a fresh slate. We still have the chance to steal home court advantage here. And with our coaching staff, and I, I think we can definitely make these adjustments right. And I have pretty good faith that this starting lineup isn't going to be the same next game. Yeah. Here's what and, it is. Here's and we're, gonna, we're definitely going to take a different tool. That lineup was on a fact-finding mission. We were never going to win this game. We weren't. We didn't want to win this game. <laughs> we were collecting data. And we were like finding all the, the, the weak points that they have. And, and so we're going to run this through, through the, the, the bat scantron and, and figure out the best way <laughs> to, to defeat these guys. That's right. Cause, cause we have been here before. We're smarter. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's what this was. It, this was just it, laying in wait. This was fucking rope a dope. That's what this was. And I love it because like, as a Miami fan in total, like, you know, you see the Florida Panthers go on their run the second half of the season just to fail and not make the playoffs. We have the Dolphins and the I'm not even going to get started on them. Let's just call them the Dolphins. And so oh, it's like this is, what, <laughs> this is what we yeah, it's another show completely there. There, I'm going to be cursing the whole time. You probably will have to just edit it out. <laughs> um, but the Heat franchise, you know, there's just always that faith. Like, you know, there's always like that yeah. promise that we're like, yo, we. We're not done here. Like, this is the same shit. This is just, you know, somebody just, you know, cut us up a little bit. We're going to take them down. You know, it's always like, we got this. You know, even even after LeBron and, and you know, leaving and Bosch going through his medical issues, like, there was never any doubt. Like, they, we never thought, oh, damn, we're going to have to rebuild from the ground up. We're going to have a top five pick in the draft. And nah, fuck that. Like, we're going to do what we have to do because we have the godfather and we have Coach Spo, who's undoubtedly one of the top five coaches in the NBA. So it's like, it's it's... It's going to be a fun run. I, it was a punch to the gut to kind of, you know, get so hype. I literally just moved to Charlotte four months ago, met a bunch of friends from Miami. Had a, We all got together only to just be super quiet at the end of that game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was, uh, you know, like you said, hey, this is a learning experience. You know, the playoffs are all about adjustments and how you play the whole series, not just one game. So I feel that we're going to come back strong. And I think we have, you know, a good chance, like you said, maybe not six, maybe it's just the, the Miami Homer in me being, you know, over the top, yeah. but you know, even seven, um, would be, it's reasonable you know, it's not, it's not out of reach. So I have faith and I'm looking forward to the rest of this playoff series. If there's one thing, a Miami sports fan is not short of it's false confidence. <laughs> You know, and like, how else could you be a Miami fan without any sort of false confidence? True. I mean, like, there's a lot of, of fan bases out there that are very realistic about expectations, and and as a Miami sports fan, I not in Miami, not surrounded by others of our ilk, uh, take a lot of shit for being quite oh, yeah. confident at times. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it does. It yeah, I get is called a homer quite a bit. Yeah. And it is harbored in a place that deep down we do know what the true score is. And <laughs> that the Dolphins at best are going to be seven and nine next year. And, you know, the Panthers will still fall short of the playoffs. Um, and the Marlins opening pitch was a home run. So, uh, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's how real you, quick, uh, how many games the Marlins going to win this year? I think the Marlins are going to win 50 games this year, if that. God damn. I, I honestly think so. We'll get into that later on, but it's it's just watching this bullpen and these games. And 
going up one to zero and then finding out we lose 21 to one. It's just like, what in the Royal fuck is happening down there? <laughs> it's like, it just, I just don't understand. I just, and I, I've got, I have T-Mobile, so I have the MLB TV. So I've been tracking these Marlins games. I've been watching them a lot and it's just like, Oh, Oh yeah, man. Yeah, that move on. That's, that was my line. That's where I cashed out at a certain point, man. Like you feel like you're living multiple lives. Like it's fucking like Marlins make you Buddhist. Yeah. Like, have I been reincarnated? Cause I've seen this shit before. Literally the best way to describe that. It's literally the best. I've seen this shit before. It's happening all over in the fourth time. Fourth time in what thirty years? Yeah, <laughs> man. Oh Christ! I uh, but yeah. So like, but you're right though. The Heat are the one team, like at least right now, that you can look at with some confidence because there's competence, like in the organization, and yes. there is always going to be that hope. Like, like look at us, man. We're back in the playoffs after having to basically rebuild after like. Losing the big three, which is something that was crazy even happened in the first place. So, you know, even even regardless of whatever happens in this series, like there's still so much to build on and the future is always bright. Um, one last thing I do kind of want to talk about and then I, I got to kind of uh, hit the road here. Um, the only reason that we might be able to. Uh, take both games at home, and hopefully we get to that that third game at home. You know, that's a lot of young players on the uh, on Philly, mm-hmm. and Miami's a fun town. Oh yeah, and uh, uh. you know that that Miami flu it's it's Miami flu season, right? Oh yeah, and it's uh you know brand new Club Elevens out there. You still have mm-hmm. your tootsies. You still yeah. have all these guys, and they're all young. You know, they're, 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 I mean, I don't know how great of a place Philly is to hang out with. I've honestly never been. It seems very but cool. It doesn't, it doesn't touch Miami. <laughs> and no. Hey, all I'm saying is, uh, city of Miami, please be very hospitable to our guests in the Philadelphia 76ers. Be as hospitable as possible. That's the best part about Miami. Nothing closes, so they're gonna roll in right into game time, <laughs> right? <laughs> fresh out, fresh out of hanging out with Miami's finest. It should be a fun series because I know I've seen players like James Harden come here and all these guys that love to dabble with the nightlife, and it's just fun watching them just carry themselves in the court. Like fuck, what did I do last night? It's like yeah. Miami. You did Miami last night. <laughs> so- <laughs> I mean, I always love. Uh- I always love old players when you're asked about like, oh, what cities were like the most fun? And like we we go down the list and they get to Miami. They're like, oh, I can't talk about Miami. (laughs) (laughs) You see that that escaping, you know, (laughs) in their eyes, they just they're just (laughs) drifting away like to those bad memories like, oh, or actually the great ones. Oh, yeah. Miami's a town. I heard from what I've heard from late, like I was listening to BS podcast and he was like, yeah, players favorite cities to go to are Miami and Houston. And and it's like, yeah, every time they go there, it's like it's a shit show the next day for all these players. So those are the worst back to backs, usually when they're visiting Miami and Houston. For reasons known, clearly. I mean, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> so we don't need to say anything uh any anything more about that other than i will i will wrap this portion up by saying um to to quote uh great american poet william smith every day like a mardi gras everybody party all day no work all play okay i love it i love it no one said, <laughs> no one said it better no one said it better <laughs> uh cool man uh so prediction what what uh who you think's winning and what do you think the score is going to be in the next game i think miami adjusts and the defensive game is going to be a lot more intense. I think Miami wins like 105-96. Yeah. I was very very similar. I think I was uh just because I'm I'm uh, just masochistic in my mind. Uh we <laughs> score the same amount of, amount of points. Uh I think Miami wins 103 like 95. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Pretty damn close. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to beat them by s- scoring the same amount of points. That's just <laughs> that's just dickish to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, any final thoughts? Uh, honestly, man, fuck the Sixers is my first thought. But um, secondly, <laughs> oh, come on, I, uh... man. it's a good squad. <laughs> no, nah, they're they honestly like this is probably going to be one of the more exciting you know, series is in the playoffs. We, I, t- I told you that earlier. I feel like this sure. is a great young team with a lot of energy and the veterans they do have are all very good offensive players. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. The, this series is not going to be tough. I mean, it's not going to be easy, um, but I feel like it's going to be definitely challenging for both sides and it's going to be at least fun, very fun to watch minus yesterday's game. <laughs> uh, agreed. Yeah. Um, I I do have faith that they're going to bounce back and and not and like literally learn from everything that happened last night. So uh, the next game is prime time on ESPN uh, Monday night. Um, if you're listening to this before, then uh, if not, if you're listening to this after, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, listen to the next one. And um, yeah, thank you very much for listening to the blank slate in general. Listen to all of our old episodes. Even the time sensitive stuff is still still a lot of good good fun bits and jokes in there. <laughs> um, and check out arcadeaudio.net for all the other shows on the Arcade Audio uh, podcasting network. Um, and also, uh, please do if you're not already subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Uh, and please uh, hit us up with a rating and review on any of those uh, platforms. Helps the show get get found by uh, by by you know all the people that want to want to get this white hot uh, heat content. Uh, I am glad that we're going with the the, the white hot uh, motif again. I always enjoy that, but I Hell do yeah. want there to be like a very dramatic part of the playoffs where like actually no, this would be this would be bad because I was gonna say uh, where like you know. It's like a Muddy Ducks scene in the locker room, and like we need like special jerseys, and we break out the vice jerseys. But we also Ooh. absolutely sucked in those jerseys. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Like you know we what's would funny? Maybe is be a five I, seed if it weren't for those sweet ass fucking beautiful jerseys. It's funny you say that because I had my vice. I didn't buy a jersey, but I bought a vice Haslam shirt, um, and I had it on. And then right before the game started, I took it off and put on my Wade jersey. I was like, ah, I don't know yeah. if I'm gonna wear this. <laughs> <laughs> So it worked out. (laughs) And it it clearly didn't work out, but whatever. You know, 
yeah. we'll see what happens game two tomorrow. Oh, oh man. So, yeah. So, uh, all those places t- uh, to listen to us and uh, rate and review us. Also, if you want to uh, help out us and or the network uh, monetarily, head on over to patreon.com slash arcade audio, uh, where you could set up a, an automatic donation every month. Any, absolutely any amount is incredibly appreciated and helps all of us towards making uh, a lot more, a lot cooler, and 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 our current stuff uh, even better um, uh, uh, shows for you. Um, also, uh, hit us up, um, Blank Slate uh, Pod on Twitter, Blank Slate Podcast on Facebook, uh, and uh, Osmond, do you have any uh, uh, social media that you'd like people to catch you at or not so much? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Instagram, uh, Ozzy's Life. O-Z-Z-Y-S-L-I-F-E. You can check me out on there. Same on Twitter. Uh, also, uh, have a clothing line called Owls, Owls Apparel. A-W-L-S Apparel. Uh, same Instagram and Twitter, same handle. If you guys want to go check that out, it'd be amazing. And uh, yeah, can't wait for the next episode. Thanks oh, for yeah. listening, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Again, you could also catch me uh, on Twitter and Insta- Instagram at Rich Cami C-A-M-I. Uh, and you can also, uh, catch me at, uh, comedy sports every other weekend, uh, with my house team divine. Uh, I'll be there tonight. If you are listening to this today, I'll be there tonight. Uh, it's like five bucks and there's free pizza afterwards and our team. Hell yeah. Fucking ass. Pizza. It's great. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we will catch you next time here on the bet. Ba- 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 uh, <laughs> oh man. Should we rename this series instead of the blank slate, the bank shot? Oh, that's actually very clever. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks for catching us here on the bank shot. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I like it. Uh, thanks for pressing. Or No, fuck. That's the beginning. I'm just too happy and excited right now. Oh, the heater's so going to win on Monday. Uh, you can go ahead and delete this now. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.